Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me and my color changed. Well, can you blame the guy? (laughs) If you had a vision like that, it would probably freak you out, wouldn't it? Daniel chapter 7 has these beasts that come up out of the sea, and they are terrifying. Chapter 7 of Daniel kind of serves as a bridge. It is the end of the portion of Daniel that's kind of a history, and it's the beginning of a series of visions that God gives that begin to reveal things that will be. Uh, We can remember that, or we we can see very clearly here, uh, it's in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. And you thought, well, yeah, but he already died. (laughs) We heard about that already. He died and Cyrus already took over, right? But this is backtracking just a little bit because it's setting the stage for that. Daniel gets this vision before that takes place, but it's, it's tied in to Cyrus conquering and taking over as well. There's, a, there's turmoil in the world. Great powers are rising up, and then great powers are falling as a new great power rises up. We see that turmoil communicated by the the sea. In in chapter 7, the sea is stirred up by the four great winds all blowing. And here come the four beasts. Well, what what, what in the world is this? What are these things about? Well, these beasts represent empires. They represent empires that rise up and then fall. And God is showing Daniel what is going to be. Uh, now, sometimes we think, if I knew the future, I would, I would have a lot more peace. <laughs> Here you go, Daniel. Here's what it's going to look like. I don't think Daniel is resting more peacefully knowing a lot of these things that are going to happen. Well, the first beast that comes up out of the sea uh, is described in verse 4. The first was like a lion, and it had eagle's wings. Then, as I had looked, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man, and the mind of a man was given to it. <laughs> well, this beast represents the kingdom of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Remember Nebuchadnezzar? He came in, and he conquered Jerusalem, and he took the, these young men, including Daniel at the time, into captivity, into exile. Uh, but... His power, his kingdom rises up and it eventually falls. It's not yet fallen when Daniel has this vision, but it will soon 
within a few years. Uh, but this, this beast, a lion, it's like a lion, well, strong, powerful, but also with the wings of an eagle, it is able to move quickly. But then we hear this other weird thing where the, the wings are like plucked off and then it, it stands up and it has the mind of a man. Well, what is this all about? Well, we, we kind of heard about what this is about back in Daniel chapter 4. Remember what happened with Nebuchadnezzar? He, in his pride, is defying God and God makes him to be out of his mind and to act like a wild beast for a time. And eventually he comes to repentance and the Lord restores him back to being in his right mind. So Daniel is seeing these things. Well, the next beast, verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second one, like a bear. It was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth and between its teeth. And it was told, arise, devour much flesh. Well, after Babylon, you have a new kingdom. The Medo-Persian Empire. The Medes and the Persians that we've been hearing about in the book of Daniel. And this empire rises up and it just devours everything in front of it. You see this beast and it's got ribs sticking out of its mouth because it's just been devouring nation after nation after nation. Well, the Babylonians rise up. They come to power. They get conquered by the Persians. The Persians rise up. They come to power. But their power will be fleeting as well. The next beast in Uh, Verse 6, after this I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. So this next beast is like a leopard with four wings. So again, a leopard that is able to uh, move quickly. And with the four wings... That is symbolic of being able to move exceptionally quickly in any direction, very, very fast, rapid movement, and four heads showing dominion, power that's over all kinds of areas. Well, this this next one is really uh, representative of Alexander the Great and the Greeks as they conquer and, and just move throughout the world conquering one after another after another, really in rapid succession. This happens very quickly. Alexander the Great goes and he starts conquering nation after nation after nation. And it's not long. Uh, It's not a long time during which this happens. And then he dies. And the Greeks have power for a time, but that power again is fleeting. And finally, you get to that fourth beast. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, the way Daniel describes this, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. I think you get the point, right? 
terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. So this next beast, it crushes the opposition and it doesn't even care what it's doing. It's just going to grind you into a pulp. Well, this final beast is representative of Rome. This is representative of Rome and the way in which the Romans really just did exactly this. They would just grind their enemies to a pulp. Those iron teeth, the crushing of the opposition. And then the the ten horns that are symbolic of having just complete power. They ruled the world and they were unchallenged in that ruling of the world. For a time. And then from that, you have this little horn that comes up. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, this horn. In this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. <laughs> Again, this might be the stuff of nightmares, right? <laughs> but what is this? Well, this is Antichrist rising up and speaking, but speaking a message that is contrary to Christ in his kingdom. This is what the reformers came to recognize, well, this is what the papacy ended up doing, coming from Rome, speaking as one seeking to represent God, but really speaking things that were contrary to the message of Christ. So we see all of these come uh, one after another, after another, after another. And then, well, you think Daniel might have been a little spooked? <laughs> I mean, he had to be terrified by this, and he couldn't have understood it all. But God was showing, here's what's going to be. And then you get to the good stuff. As I looked, the thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. The Ancient of Days, of course, being God. His clothing was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. Well, what does this sound like? This sounds like the transfiguration account, doesn't it? And it sounds also like Revelation chapter 1, when we see the resurrected Christ in his glory. His throne was fiery flames and his wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came from before him, and thousands of thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment. The books were opened. Then I looked because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking, and as I looked, the beast was killed, and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away. But their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So they are crushed, but God says, okay, but for a time you will continue. And then verse 13, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, 
There came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion was an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Well, here you go. Here is Christ who comes as king. And he is the one who will rule over all things for all eternity. That idea of coming with the clouds, we see that again in the New Testament. We see that as a symbol of the coming of God himself. Daniel gets this vision of the Christ, but it's kind of all pushed together. It's mushed together into one thing. He doesn't see the first coming and then the time in between and then find the final coming. He sees just Christ comes. But Christ comes and he establishes what? A kingdom that will have no end. See, we live in this world in which there is constant turmoil, in which world powers rise and fall, and in which there is all of this instability and this grasping, looking to have power. But ultimately, we as Christians, we don't have to worry about any of this because we know Christ is king, and we know in the end, he returns, we know how the story ends. His kingdom has no end. This is the exact same theme that we see in the psalm we've been using throughout the the season of Lent, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? Right? The nations rage against God, but God is in heaven laughing at them because (laughs) he's the one in charge. The Romans weren't in charge. They thought they were. The Persians weren't in charge. They thought they were. The Babylonians weren't in charge. They thought they were. They can rage, they can fight, they can do their worst against the people of God, but in the end, we know how it ends. Victory in Christ. Christ has come, he has died, he has risen, he has ascended into heaven, and he's coming again. We know what's coming, don't we? So when we're watching the news and we see all of this instability and we wonder and we worry Well, we don't know what's going to happen for a time. (laughs) But we do know what will happen in the end. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. The kingdom, ours, remaineth in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.